It takes more than hiding mistakes by rebasing your feature branch to be a great engineer. This is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 200. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jamison Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about the non-tech stuff. I mean, ego is not technical. Computers don't measure ego. Mm-hmm. And rebasing my feature branch to hide my mistakes is a thing I do to hide my ego. So I think that fits. <laughs> That's true. I guess we are on topic. Yeah, I. some people have... Their, their commits are like these perfectly formed diamonds. <laughs> it's like each one is is beautiful and atomic and leaves the program in a working state and has great documented commit messages. And mine usually have one. It starts off with a sentence and then it turns into two words and then it turns into one word. And then by the end, they're emojis, <laughs> just like the devil emoji over and over and over again as I keep like hammering away at this stupid bug. And you don't rebase those in school? No, I do. I do. I do rebase them. Okay, good. No one will know besides all the people that listen. Episode 200, 100, 100, 100. Yes. This is a momentous occasion. An illustrious milestone. For our 100th episode, we celebrated by cracking under the pressure of living up to a milestone and skipping directly from 99 to 101. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we've stepped up our game quite a bit. We've, we've increased in wisdom and knowledge and podcast skills. For this special episode 200, we decided to collect wild work stories. So instead of answering questions, we'll be reading stories about bonkers stuff that has happened to people. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Nice. This episode is brought to you by Vettery, which is a marketplace where employers and Im- potential employees can connect. And we'll tell you a little bit more about them later. We want to thank our wonderful patrons. Thank you to Vinlock, Matthew Vojtovich, Taras Haruk, Luke Bayless, Zach Rand, and Luis Santos, Stanley Tactical Radio, Chris Hogan, Ivo Robotnik, Braden Keynes, Philip, John Basile, Stephen Armin Lee, John Grant, Nick Cantor, Ted Nugent, The Agile Ventures Charity, Maple Syrup, Sonic the Hedgehog, Travis, Dennis, Bogdanov, Sean, and Evgeny Sladkowski. Thank you so much to those people sponsoring at the level where we shout them out every week. Thank you to everyone who has and who will in the future. A future thanks to you. (laughs) If you donate any amount of money through Patreon, then you get invited to our Slack team, which is great. You can go to softskills.audio and click support us on Patreon to do so. I just want to get into the stories. Yeah, me too. (laughs) I'm going to do it. Okay. The first one is a repeat. This is a story we have told before, but we're going to tell it again because it's it's great. It's that good. It's the bagel story. Yes. (laughs) Right out of graduate school, I was in the process of interviewing and got through two phone interviews to get to the final in-person interview at at a location-based startup. The office was mostly sales, but also had a small dev team. The in-house recruiter gave me a rough itinerary two days before. Get there at 8 a.m., have a four-hour-long interview session with the team, then possibly a coding quiz. I was skeptical of what the quiz was, but all she said was that everyone who got through either of the other interviews wouldn't have a problem. It was multiple choice, and it would take less than half an hour. I got to the office 20 minutes early, but had to wait 45 more minutes for my first round of interviews because of an internal meeting that went over. The recruiter apologized and asked if I wanted breakfast. I said I would take something small like a bagel. She said okay and disappeared from the room never to return with food. (laughs) (laughs) I got through the culture interviews just fine, although I thought it was a bit odd that several of my interviewers, including the VP, brought in their catered breakfast slash lunch into the room, but never offered to get me some, and I had to go (laughs) find my recruiter so I could get a cup of water between interviews. The final interview was with who would have been my boss, the senior engineering lead. She asked me about the normal bank of engineering questions and then let me ask anything. She started sending me the vibe that the engineering team wasn't really respected and that as a junior, I'd be expected to put in overtime and be on call on weekends without comp time and without being able to have a say in when I would be on call. 
Then I got some seemingly weird questions. Do I work well with loud noises? How noise canceling are my headphones? Is it okay that I would have to develop on a Windows machine? The engineering lead took me to the recruiter's office so I could wrap up the day, but the recruiter had left early and no one knew where she had gone, <laughs> presumably to find you the, the finest bagel in the land, only available at the top of <laughs> an unclimbable mountain. <laughs> I was escorted to the front door by a receptionist and left. I didn't hear back for a week and got a call late in the evening saying they had moved on with other candidates. A few days later, I got an email from the engineering lead apologizing for my experience and saying they were revising their hiring process due to my experience. Oh, so, so the person that got hired had a better experience thanks to you. That's right. Doesn't that feel good? They probably got a bagel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they probably did. I Okay, we've read this story before. We've talked about it before. A thing that sticks out in my mind is that the other folks interviewing you, bringing in their food, that was a challenge. And the way that you passed the interview was you you take some of their food. Like you had to end the interview having some of their food in your stomach. And lots of ways to that destination, but that was one of the criteria. I'm pretty sure. I love how the questions are like, do you mind working on a Windows laptop? And how do you do with really noisy environments? Yeah, yeah. Like those are kind of two different things, I guess. They were like, and how do you work on an empty stomach? this job requires long hours with no time to get up and eat food (laughs) we're really tightening the belts yeah literally (laughs) yucka 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 oh yeah yeah bring your own bagel to the interview that's the lesson that's that's the moral of the story (laughs) you can never count on anyone else bring yeah i mean you have to show up like like you're going on a wilderness expedition. I think that's the summary. Yes. <laughs> you have to bring not only your own food, but the implements to produce your own food out of nature. <laughs> and noise-canceling headphones. Well, you dodged a bullet. <laughs> I think you did. All right. Should we move on to our next bonkers work story? Please do. Okay. This comes from an anonymous listener who says, Hi, Dave and Jameson. I have a crazy work story to share for your 200th show. In my first role as a developer, I was working for a small agency building websites for clients. One day, I was uploading a new site, which involved FTPing into the server and doing all the coding myself. I didn't really know what I was doing. All of this terminal stuff was pretty alien to me at the time. For some reason or another, I needed to change the permissions on the files for this site. So I uploaded it to the server and ran a chmod command, which was a brand new concept to me. Luckily, Stack Overflow had my back, or did it. (laughs) (laughs) anyway when i ran the command my terminal went crazy and way more files went flying up the screen than i had on my website so i thought that doesn't look right (laughs) i hit control c and went to lunch thinking i'd fix that later (laughs) give some we'll give the computer some time to think about what it's done When I got back from lunch, everyone was rushing about like headless chickens. (laughs) Everything was down. (laughs) When I inquired, it turned out that for some reason, everyone was locked out of the entire server. After several hours, it turned out that all of the permissions for every file on the server had been changed and nobody had any access to anything. Also, every client site had been brought down in the process. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) To make matters slightly worse... (laughs) When I inquired about backups, it turned out that the main server was the backups. (laughs) (laughs) 
because the main server had died a couple years before and nobody had bothered to replace it. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, man. The backup has done its job. <laughs> it's like you used up a fire extinguisher. Yeah. And we're like, great. Like, <laughs> my fire extinguisher worked. <laughs> so glad we had that. No need to ever replace it. Yeah, <laughs> we've hit our we've hit our one time disaster quota, so we're good now. Oh, <laughs> okay, so that's not the end of the story. <laughs> I did not fess up. I was too scared. But coincidentally, a few days later, I was fired. <laughs> <laughs> oddly, <laughs> oddly, during the firing, no mention of this incident was made, and to this day, I have no idea if the two were related. <laughs> At the time, I was devastated. I thought my career was over, and I shed tears over how I was going to be able to provide for my family. However, in less than two weeks, I was in a new role with a 25% pay increase, and my career has bloomed ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and here ends my tale I hope you enjoyed it It was devastating at the time But now I can look back on it With both amusement and bemusement <laughs> Thanks for all of your work Bringing this podcast to us For 200 weeks I hope you continue Until you also accidentally Lock everyone out of your own servers <laughs> <laughs> Oh that is so good <laughs> we depend on a lot of cloud infrastructure for this podcast so if we locked everyone out of like the google drive server <laughs> that would be impressive as far as far as i know you can't ch mod on the google drive <laughs> the big, yeah, the big just... google drive oops i put a star in there and now <laughs> google drive is down <laughs> oh my gosh i love this yeah this is brilliant on so many levels it's so good. I just have to make a philosophical comment about the industry. So here we have like the most business destroying engineering mistake for this company imaginable. And you know, next job, 25% raise within two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a point to be made here about like the role of systems in protecting against human error and limiting the consequence of human error. Because yeah, the server was our backup. I love it. I love it. FTPing around and making changes to the config on the server. Brilliant. Yes. Live, live server. Ideal. Stack Overflow. I mean, so, and the other thing is, it's not like this was 1999 when that was kind of the state of the art because Stack Overflow existed. <laughs> That's so, right. So it's pretty new. Presumably there was an answer on Stack Overflow saying like, hey, you shouldn't orchestrate your site by FTPing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> We should create a Stack Overflow story in honor of this situation. Should I put all of my websites on one FTP server with global write permissions for all developers? Yeah. And then we can all answer it and upvote the yes. <laughs> it's like that jQuery question. Like yeah. How do I add two numbers with JavaScript? Yeah. The answer is use jQuery. So there are all these orchestration frameworks like Salt and Ansible and Puppet and Chef and stuff. And I think there's room for another one, which is... The way you orchestrate your infrastructure and systems is it will randomly search Stack Overflow and run the code that it finds <laughs> on there. So if you if you put like I want to like bring up a new MySQL server, then it'll just like copy paste, <laughs> run this arbitrary code on your server to hope it happens. <laughs> Looking for investors now. Yes. <laughs> I don't need an idea guy. Clearly, I am the idea yeah. guy. <laughs> it's you. 
Oh, that was yeah. a good one. All right, do you want to read our next story? Yeah, I just I just want to luxuriate in the coincidental firing with no mention of the incident <laughs> a few days later. Like, I mean, maybe it's possible that they were like, we're just struggling to, like, we got to cut costs because this has really hurt us. Yeah. <laughs> we lost clients. Just, yeah, we lost clients, so we got we to gotta lay some people off and we'll just lay off this junior developer. I mean, how how much do you want to bet that there's just the same company that had this level of rudimentary deployment processes had any way to trace back any one developer's actions to the developer? <laughs> I mean, there's like bash history. Yeah, but they they were probably all logged in as root. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah, you'd have to like recreate who's yeah who yeah. switched to root last and then assume it was them. Maybe some <laughs> poor other person got fired. Yeah. Maybe. All right. <laughs> okay. Next story. Thank you. This is from a listener named Alex, and it is an interview story. It was with a healthcare tech startup. The building was across the street from the healthcare, from the healthcare tech company where my wife worked. After meeting the nine people on the team and doing some whiteboarding, I met with the CEO. When he asked why I was excited to work at his company, I mentioned in passing that my wife worked at the company across the street. The CEO then said, oh, wow, they just announced they're going public. At this point, the company had not announced that they were going public yet, but my wife already knew about it and told me that it wouldn't happen for a few months. I demurred, but the CEO pressed more. Yeah, I saw it on the news this morning. The CEO of a company that rivals my wife's was asking for insider trading information. I actually had to rehash my conversation with my wife's boss to make sure, or to my wife's boss, to make sure I didn't give anything away that was important, which fortunately I did not. After that, I decided I would never work for any company in the same industry as where my wife works. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, they didn't say whether they got the job or not. Yeah. So maybe Alex works there now and is like, this was a mistake. I'll never make the same mistake again. Oh, man. <laughs> Even though the CEO and I have become great friends since then. Yeah. <laughs> through our shared work experience. We've done many insider <laughs> trading deals since then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, they're, they're weighing on me. Yeah. <laughs> Insider trading is so lucrative compared to outsider trading. Oh man. Yeah, I've I recently did some outsider trading. Timed the market great because I <laughs> put a bunch of money into it, and then it promptly dropped like fifteen percent. Oh. So yeah, if I if I could have found out from the coronavirus itself, like hey, right. I'm going to really hit hard, <laughs> then I would have shorted everything yeah. instead. <laughs> You'd be a millionaire now. Yeah, I would. To the moon. <laughs> I saw it on the news this morning. I mean, maybe there's like the secret. If Have you gone to like insidertradingnews.com or something <laughs> to see if there's a no. some kind of secret service you can sign up for that gives you all the... It's like a newsletter. <laughs> yeah. It's probably an exclusive club. Oh, yeah. That's what they, the CEO means. Well, nice. All right. If you've been a software developer at the same job for a few years, it might be time to start looking around. Quit your job is our favorite advice, but first you should probably find a new job. <laughs> Trust me, it is better this way. <laughs> Check out a service called Vettery, which matches developers with employers based on what you want, like your location, salary requirements, and technologies you want to work with. I actually signed up myself, and within a week, they sent me an opportunity that looked really good. My current approach to job seeking is tweet dumb stuff and hope the company notices me. So this sounds like an improvement, I think. <laughs> yeah. Once you sign up, you get a consultant to help you find opportunities. I also like that Vettery lets you specify your salary requirements early rather than going through the whole interview process only to find out, wah, wah, your salary expectations were way off. That actually happened to me in an interview. It would have been nice to avoid that. You can start using Vettery without reversing a linked list on a whiteboard too. They don't have a coding test to sign up. 
If you are thinking about taking our advice, the soft skills engineering patented advice and quitting your job, check out Vettery. Go to Vettery.com slash soft skills to sign up. That's V-E-T-T-E-R-Y dot com slash soft skills. If you use that link, you will help support the show. And if you get a job through Vettery, they will send you $300. Thank you so much to Vettery for sponsoring the show. Shall I read our next one? Please do. Okay. This comes from a listener named Jay, who says, About seven years ago, I was looking for a side income. A fellow engineer I worked with told me that the park he spends his weekends at was looking for someone to build them a website, to run some wires and a bunch of other IT odd jobs. I was interested, so I made the drive down to the park, which further confirmed my suspicions of my coworker. It was a nudist facility. (laughs) (laughs) I sat in my car for a few minutes to consider my options. (laughs) And then I walked in. One of them was flee. Don't you realize? (laughs) You could have run. (laughs) It's weird how being the only clothed person in the room made me feel so awkward. (laughs) I spoke to the owner, shared my resume, and my coworker showed up naked to vouch for me. (laughs) I got the job, but only under the condition that I, quote, wore the uniform... (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. no. I agreed and worked there over the summer for weekends for a few months, doing everything in the buff. (laughs) (laughs) Being near the beginning of my career, I wanted to put this on my resume, but I didn't want to expose the private parts of this job. (laughs) (laughs) I ended up listing it as contractor with just a note. References available on request. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So uh, nudism is a thing and like, whatever, that's your thing. That's fine. The thing I can't get over is the intersection of nudism with your normal work life where now every time you see your coworker, you have to know, like, I know you. Yes. I know you in ways that these other coworkers do not. Do not, yeah. Like... I would never in my life want to see any of my coworkers naked, ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Wear the uniform. So if you're running wires and other IT odd jobs, aren't there like physical dangers yeah. of uh, you're, you're like crawling around and, and hooking stuff up and splicing things? And I feel like you would want clothing to just protect you from getting poked. Yeah, that's what I think. Maybe it was like... Maybe it was an an incentive to have really clean wiring or something. Like, hey, listen, you got to mess with this stuff with no clothes on, so it's it's got to be easy to work with, so you mm-hmm. you don't jab yourself in the thigh with a I don't know an Ethernet cable on accident or something. <laughs> in your unclad thigh. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, website for a park. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, well, you're a better person than I. I think I would have not done this. I just want to take a minute and relish in the pun at the end of this story where <laughs> he did. Those private parts of the yeah. job. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to put it on my he resume. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's so good. You know, I, I love a good pun and that one. Whew, so good. So uh, I've, I've been to nude beaches before. And if, if you're naive, you might think like a nude beach is the place where hot people go to get naked. <laughs> and it's not. It's a place where regular people go to get naked. So like even if you have this weird like kind of gross idea of, oh, it'll be titillating. Like it will not. I can guarantee you. <laughs> it is, yeah, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. I I would not have done this. So you have a story I would not have had. I wonder if this uh, facility was privately held. <sighs> 
I got to read this next story. Okay. We got to get out of here. <laughs> Let's get out of here. All right. This is from an anonymous listener. The company I work at is a privately owned B2C e-commerce shopping platform. Over the past two years, the non-technical management has been trying to position themselves to be bought out. Their strategy has been to create a new layer of director level management and hiring in candidates directly from Fang. Uh, that's Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google. Did I get that right? Yeah. Good job. Basically like big tech Big Silicon Valley-ish tech companies with a specific intent of injecting Fang culture into the company. I guess the thought is if you want to be acquired from a player like a Fang company, then become a mini Fang. (laughs) Unfortunately, it has not been working out so well. The poop emoji hit the fan. (laughs) The new directors have absolute power. And as the saying goes, absolute power corrupts absolutely. The new director of engineering did a culling of senior engineers and managers that had raised any questions to initiatives proposed by the director. You know, healthy project analysis probing to make sure potential risks are considered. One day, 15 devs were let go. These were senior engineers with years of domain knowledge. Oh, so this is like anyone who questioned them. Yeah. Just gone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good. Good riddance. Who needs people that (laughs) ask questions? Yeah. Not surprisingly, the platform started to have issues. Payment processing integration started going down. Checkout processes needed maintenance, but the domain knowledge was gone. And the usual throw more people at the problem approach, everyone was assigned pager duty even for systems they didn't know. The system got so bad that the, di- that the director resorted to shutting off one of the major payment processing integrations since it couldn't be fixed. <laughs> this had repercussions, of course, and we started losing completed checkout conversions. The- My head is exploding. Like there's a very fixed <laughs> dollar amount, a very clear dollar amount attached to yeah. that. That's, it's directly, it's like, hey, letting these people go caused this payment thing to fail, which caused... Oh boy. All right. Well, this we're, we're halfway in. There's still more. Okay. <laughs> the rest of the senior engineers were leaving voluntarily at this point. Now that the ship was pretty much on fire and the engineering department was pretty much destroyed, we found out that the director was applying to another job at the new Twilio office in the city. <laughs> we found out he got rejected because his reputation had preceded him and the recruiters at Twilio had actually heard about the mayhem he was causing at our company. Ooh. But it gets better. One of my coworkers thought it would be a funny prank to put a Twilio sticker on the director's office window. <laughs> nope. My colleague was promptly fired. <laughs> he found out that the director was so pissed that he ended up going through the CCTV surveillance recordings to see which employees had entered into the building early to find out who put the sticker on his office window. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, yikes. Ouch. Yikes. Oh, man. I've I've been watching The Office again lately, and I feel like hijinks are one of the sources for laying, letting stress like kind of outlet, uh-huh. and, and they're not even letting the hijinks happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, a mini fang is a weird, like, they're, they're these giant multinational, multi-billion dollars of revenue, tens of thousands of employees company. And like, we'll just become a mini version of one of those. Yeah. Right? Like that, that, that blows my mind. Like how, <laughs> you can't be a mini version of a, of, of like Apple. Like you can't just be like, <laughs> we'll be, we'll be a 10th of Apple. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Until they buy us and then we'll be Apple. It'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> this is, you know, it's funny. This is like the opposite of the story you typically hear where a manager comes in, destroys the department and then gets golden handcuffs and then leaves and makes tons of money. But this is like, this yeah. is the story you want to hear, right? They came in, destroyed the engineering department <laughs> and then can't leave. <laughs> yeah, it does put a different spin on all those golden handcuff stories. Cause like, mm-hmm. it, that sounds bad, but the alternative might be worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least they don't work there anymore. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's bad that they get rewarded for doing a crappy job, 
but it's worse that they're trapped here yes. now and they're not going to leave and continue to do a crappy job. Yep. Yikes. Oh man. This is like this is like spinning the roulette wheel and just losing so bad on the part of management here. What do you mean? Well, they, I think they were thinking let's just quickly hire up all of these employees from these big fang companies. Let's load them in here. We'll quickly put, you know, posture ourselves to be bought out and then we'll get bought out and then we'll all retire on the beach. But instead, mm. they just created a massive dumpster fire and they live in the dumpster. <laughs> yeah, it's like they had like a brief window where it could have all paid off. Yeah. And they have passed through that window. Yep. Well, it sounds like a bummer. <laughs> and the listener says the company I work at too. So they still work there. <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm glad you're there because it has produced this good story for us. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps it is time to take the advice. Yes. To do the thing. Do the thing. To quit your job. All right. Do you want to read our last story, Dave? Yeah, this is it. Our final story. These are in no particular order, by the way. So, okay, here we go. From an anonymous listener who writes, I had a manager who had transitioned to IT help desk work from teaching elementary school and then worked their way up to manager over a large development team. They never let go of the elementary teacher mentality. The highlights were, number one, requiring multiple forced fun team activities a year like cubicle decoration contests <laughs> sounds amazing number two <laughs> playground level nicknames for everyone on the team think banana fana fofana level rhyming <laughs> <laughs> and number three all team members got emoji stress balls and were required to place the ball that reflected their daily mood on the wall at the entrance of their workstation <laughs> i love it <laughs> <laughs> That's, i mean this sounds rad. <laughs> Maybe it's not for you. People people pay money for tools that let them record let let them record their daily mood too. Like, I don't know. It's just this is interesting. Everyone likes different stuff. Yeah. Cubicle decoration contest, that sounds rad. <laughs> yeah. Playground level nicknames, I guess it depends on how mean it is. When I was a teenager and my friends were all mad at me, they gave me the nickname of Lameson because <laughs> they thought I was being <laughs> I was hanging out too much with my girlfriend. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That's pretty mean. Now we have two children and oh. have been married for years. So <laughs> it was worth it. It was worth it. You made the right trade. Yeah. I love this. Like I'm thinking, what else does do elementary school teachers do that we could incorporate into corporate life? Recess? Oh yeah. I'm on board with that. Go play in the tire swing. I'm th <laughs> I love the tire swing. Rich Hickey has a talk about hammock time, which is where you are wrestling with this hard problem and you go and do a different thing. And his example is sit in a hammock. You could go sit in the tire swing, mm -hmm. tire swing time. Yeah. And then that lets your subconscious crank away on the problem. You come back, it's solved. Thanks to the tire swing. Thank you. Thank you, tire swing. <laughs> what about nap time? It's amazing. That's an elementary school thing, it's, right? It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is. I Don't some companies have nap rooms or nap pods? Or is it, or is it like... It's not supposed to be a nap room, but people use it as a nap room. I don't know. <laughs> like I've been up to places that have relaxation rooms uh -huh. and they have like a massage chair or like a, I don't know, it's just a quiet room with the lights turned off. I don't know. Maybe they don't want to say nap room because <laughs> yeah. it would uh, offend people somehow. Yeah. I don't pay you to sleep. But in a way, <laughs> you just did because <laughs> I just took a nap. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This sounds rad. Yeah. I think... There's benefit in, in people bringing previous experience into tech. Like tech can be a monoculture in some ways. So, And sometimes we can act like little children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that skill set. I mean, your company. if your company does your laundry for you, makes breakfast, lunch, and dinner for you, 
offers you massages, drives you to and from work. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, kind of living that child life. Yeah. (laughs) What's a little nap time? What's a little cubicle decoration? I mean, I I think we need more crossover. We we celebrate things like when allegedly Amazon, I don't know, 15 years ago, hired a drill sergeant to come in and enforce the service breakup of all these monoliths. What we need is to put macaroni around the edges of our monitors <laughs> macaroni laptop covers yes did you did you ever do those oh, like yeah. macaroni picture frames or like pencil boxes or something mm-hmm. glued onto the paper macaroni and then you spray paint it gold yes <laughs> now it's golden macaroni i like it awesome well that is the end of our stories i believe that means that is the end of our episode thank you for sticking around for our 200th episode yes thank you for folks who have listened I mean, there are lots of people that have listened all the way from episode one the audio quality is really bad, so maybe yeah, skip, <laughs> maybe skip, skip that number one. one. <laughs> yeah, that was we were both in the same room. We were so young. We were yes, so naive. I know we knew so little. Yeah, but thank you. Thanks for sticking with us. Please stick around for another 200 episodes when we will have it even more figured out. <laughs> <laughs> what can people do if they want their questions answered? Dave, go to softskills.audio and click ask a question. We will get back to our normal question answering next episode. Catch you next week.